0: everybody welcome to this episode of talking tendons it's going to be a brief uh, episode I want to focus today on um, uh, the most recent installment of the isometric evidence uh, story and this is a paper by Sinead Holden and co-authors uh, Michael Rathleff is one of them um, Henrik Real, uh, many others um, uh, so the uh, title of the paper is isometric sizing so pain and pain Uh, In patellatonopathy, randomised crossover trial. It's basically a carbon copy in a patellatonopathy cohort of the um, uh, paper published by Ebony Rio and uh, co-workers, Jill Cook, etc. From La Trobe University, some years ago now, Um, and that obviously. So the story goes that that um, paper showed some really dramatic reductions in immediate and uh, 45 minutes after uh, pain measured with a loading test so a single leg decline squat in patellar tendinopathy and um, uh, and um, they also showed uh, they had a neurophysiology component in that study where they looked at um change in act um, in in cortex um uh motor cortex uh, um, inhibition and there was a reversal of inhibition after the intervention and the the big ticket item in that study was that the isometric intervention was was better at changing those outcomes than then was that that is pain and um uh motor cortex uh, as compared to the isotonic now in this carbon copy study so this is a repeat and i think it's great to do repeat studies like this because uh, you know science is something that is self-correcting and we need uh studies that replicate and see if we can replicate Um, the differences with this study is that they didn't include the neurophysiological component so they weren't looking at changes in anything that was going on in the brain in terms of motor uh, function they just looked at pain and they did identical um, methods it seems like pretty similar methods um, and uh, they had a larger cohort so instead of six people they had 20 people and the real you know uh, i guess take home message and key point is that um, in this study Uh, they had um, far less benefit overall and I think that's the key finding for me the benefit um, from isometrics um, is small so there was maybe a one or two point um, overall mean difference um, pre and post so does isometrics improve short-term pain? Yes, it probably does, even according to this study, uh, but the effects is uh, quite small. Interestingly, it's similar to the effects that we found in the study we published last year in a and cohort, the lead author on that was Steve Pearson. Um, if you email me, I can send you the, the, the paper, but it's Pearson et al., uh, published in Clinical Journal of Sports Medicine. So similar to the Sinead Holden, and we had eight participants, so now we've got three studies in Patel tendon, um, two showing probably small effects from isometrics, one showing a large effect, and that's the Ebony Rare study. Now, there are multiple explanations for this. One is that the populations are different, and that's, and that's possible. So it's possible that um, uh, in the study by Ebony, she's recruited different people people with a different uh, presentation. Um, It's probably not clear from the methods whether that is the case. I know speaking to Ebony she did go through a very thorough screening process um, and it's it's potentially possible that she has um, uh, uh, ended up with a different population. Um, It's hard to tell because everyone has reported the methods in similar ways and uh, even in the holden paper they report following the methods and the inclusion exclusion criteria but you know it's one thing to i guess report it and another thing in the sort of practice of it so that's one point um the second uh, potential explanation the second point to consider is that um there is um Uh, This is a chance finding, so it's possible that uh, the six people that Ebony had in her study were responders, and it was by chance. It's probably very, very unlikely, but um, uh, that's a potential other explanation that these people were just responders, and they did better, um, and they just happened to be... People that uh, responded to that type of intervention. Possibly a third is the instructions that were given. So the instructions um, to people, and um, you know, obviously you want the same instructions to both groups. Um, uh, but um, the instructions may have uh, influenced the outcome of. So that what we tell people about what to expect during the exercise uh, may have may have been. Uh, influence the outcome of the um, study. So, for example, in the Holden study, in our study, if you're not telling, in, if you're not telling people anything at all, i.e., we didn't tell them oh, this is going to be really good for you, you're going to get a good response. We just sort of let them do the exercise and then report their pain. Post, Um, Whereas I know speaking to Ebony again, she did say to them, this is a safe thing to do. This is a, this is going to be okay. It's going to work well for you. But she did also tell me that she did that for both groups. So it's, it's, that wouldn't explain the between group differences. So potentially changes in the explanation. So I guess the key thing to take away from all of the literature now, and this is the point of the podcast is that uh, we, actually don't know at the moment what the true effect is because it's quite variable in the literature and maybe there are subgroups of people that will, will respond and others that won't respond so you know we, we we still don't know what the true effect is and where does that leave us as clinicians in the clinic when you're presenting with a patellar tendon patient well try different types of exercises try isotonic isometric. Try see if that gives you a short-term pain response and go with whichever one you think is going to be um, best for doing that. But in the clinical world where we're treating patients in clinic, uh, generally getting a short term pain response is not the goal of the game. The goal is to get people better and back to function in the longer term. And for that, isotonic exercise, concentric, eccentric, is really is the key thing. The only time you would consider isometric is when isotonic is really too painful. Um, So, it doesn't really apply, and that's one of my bugbears with this whole isometric literature is that people are really looking at, um, you know, short-term pain and what's the best exercise for it, when really that's not a question that as a clinician treating tendon patients is at the forefront of my mind, Um, I am thinking about how am I going to get someone better and more functional long-term. No one comes in and says, can you get my pain better for 45 minutes, please? And of course, in the elite sport and competitive world, maybe it is. There are advantages to short-term pain reduction, but um, I've, I, you know, I, I struggle to see them beyond that. Uh, maybe you'd use it clinically as a as a priming, uh, get your pain down, then do other exercise-type intervention. Um, only if they're having a good response to isometrics. But as I say, I just. Basically, keep it simple and just go for load, load them progressively with whatever they can tolerate. It's often isotonic exercise. Um, So, you know, there's plenty of uses for isometrics far beyond short-term pain reduction. I've talked about some of those before, like, you know, uh, developing strength and tolerance in certain ranges that are difficult for the individual. Um, You can use isometrics for that as well. Um, so that is all I really wanted to talk about today. We, I do have a couple of courses coming up—one in Sydney, one in Melbourne in December. So if you're interested in uh, some CPD before Christmas, get in touch with that. That is on the website tendinopathyrehab.com, um, <clears throat> and um, uh, lots of other things going on. I'm going to try and do uh, another one of these podcasts before Christmas. So hopefully, see you then.